our podcast. We are the Faithless Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you'll enjoy your time with us. So we were talking in the last episode about the process of salvation and how Paul described it. And in this episode, what we're going to be doing is talking more of the details. Paul's kind of fleshing this out. We have identified one of his long run-on sentences, and we're, but we're just going to be breaking it up and talking about different parts. So, so I'm going to read Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15 out of the NIV. <clears throat> when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross." I am now, I have a goal. That's terrible. You just read scripture, but my new goal is I'm going to write like Paul. <laughs> I am. I'm just going to keep going. It's just like a stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness. Yeah. And we were kind of talking like he probably is, is keeping these long sentences because he has a thought, it's his thought that he wants yeah. to contain. And, and so I get it. I get that piece, how you want to have all this, because the last part of the sentence also relates to the first part of the sentence, so he puts it all together as opposed to in a paragraph. And and so anyway, it's just a different way of literature, a different way of looking at it. We were talking about how the first sentence, that one, he forgave us all our sins, goes all the way through, and the last word is actually cro- is cross, nailing it to the cross. Then there's a the word and. There, so it's like the other cross. <laughs> Stop that way. But just kind of hang in when he does it, because when Paul does this, just let that come over. That's the overview, mm-hmm. and then now we get into the details, and that's kind of what he did mm-hmm. in the previous one. So now we're going to get into some of the details, such as our our position. If we are not with Christ, we are dead in our sins and our um, uncircumcised flesh. Mm-hmm. So that's what we were right. before we knew Christ. Right. So while we were dead, yes. God went ahead and sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. So now we receive Jesus, and that makes us alive so with Christ. So I'm kind of backing up. Why are we dead? Why we're dead, dead because this is a fallen world. Mm-hmm. And when Adam sinned against God, unfortunately... The penalty. The penalty of sin is death. And so all of us, all of humankind, suffered death. A spiritual death. A spiritual death at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And death at pieces were disconnected from God. There's a death in that relationship. Right. Right. Well, I think, you know, our spirit man actually died. Right. At that point. So then we're just a body and a a soul. Mm Mm-hmm. And so body and soul, we can still exist on this earth, and we still have, have emotions soul, we have a mind, mind. yeah, an emotion. But it's that part that connects with God, that spirit part, mm-hmm. that's dead. That's dead. Right. And that's one of the reasons why we need Christ. Mm-hmm. Because this God is probably is a sp- the reason, now that yeah. I think of it. <laughs> they have the, the only word, reason, only really. reason, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The Word says God is a spirit, and we have to worship Him in spirit. So we have to be spirits. We have to be, have an alive spirit to really worship Him. Um, and so God regenerates, he, he births in us when we receive Jesus, 
an, a spirit. Then the Holy Spirit comes the to Holy live Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us. He's the one who actually does the work of that regeneration of, right. of birthing our spirit. Yeah. I just I'm thinking like how hard it would be for someone who isn't a Christian because they don't have that spirit born again to really understand God, that that's really quite miraculous that that happens. It is a miracle, yeah. yeah. But I think there's something in the heart of every man that recognizes there's something or someone out there, mm-hmm. something or someone bigger than us, something or someone that created us, that was the beginning of us. Um, I think that is in our hearts. Yeah, that search for that. Yeah. And it's all around us. I love in Romans where they talk about nature yeah. even cries out and testifies to the Lord. And to the glory of God, yeah. Yeah. So so we kind of got into this detailed passage and just went, boom, let's go to Romans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so let's go back. <laughs> Sorry, it's Suzanne. No, what, I'm, do you, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just sitting here. Angie said, spirit man. And I just... This is awful, but this picture just popped into my head of like this little glowing white stick figure dude who was like just on her <laughs> chest was like dancing because he's, oh, he's alive. alive now. His spirit man is alive. And then she said, you know, that spirit is dead. And I just saw him just fall over. Like, <laughs> She's a very visual woman. Wow. <laughs> like, anyway, so oh, yeah, then what you're talking about, because like, Let's just be real. It's weird to be talking about, if you don't have the context and the knowledge, Mm -hmm. like the spirit is alive and then we have a soul and our body, but the spirit is dead and then we can't. It's just... It's a lot. Weird if you don't have the context for it. So anyway. Yeah, Yeah, I totally didn't get it as a... Before I was a Christian, I was like, I don't need to be born again. I did it right the first time. I was like... (laughs) Rosemary, Rosemary's Stop. got a little bit of sass. But there was, her. and it was my ignorance to and uh, to what is actually going on, and yeah. the fact that my spirit man is the one that needs spirit woman. There you go. Needs to be born. Spirit born again. Whoa, man. Whoa, Whoa, man. Whoa, Remember man. in the garden, God made Adam mm-hmm. out of the clay, and then He breathed, yes, His spirit into him, and man became a living, living. spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Adam had a living spirit that God had given him when he breathed the breath of life into him. But when man rebelled against God, that spirit died because he sinned, so the wages of sin is death. So that spirit man, that he died yeah. with that sin. And so there's, there's ways we can back it up, back it up, back it up, and really talk about all that, you know, like why is it death, why is it that, but... We're not. We're it's just a separation. Flash. I mean, it's really a good the, way to think. The of easy it. way to think of it, I think, mm-hmm. is a, a separation because of, of sin. We were separated from God. But I like the way you described it, though. It's the death of a spirit, and the death of the relationship. I think yeah. is what the you said, Rosemary. God, yeah. The death of the relationship yeah. between that spirit man and <laughs> because it is spirit our man and God. <laughs> yeah, because God is a spirit, and right. so it's our spirit man that really the spirit in us that relates to Him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scripture that says, my spirit is the candle of the Lord. So it's through my spirit that God reveals himself to me. Um, but if my spirit's dead, that's that's hard to do. So I have to have my spirit reborn. I have to have a rebirth. Mm-hmm. And so that's where God is talking about that. God made you alive with Christ. Yes, mm-hmm. that's that's what that's Paul what the bottom is. line is here. Yeah. Right. yeah. Now we are alive. We are mm-hmm. fully alive in Christ. Yep. Um, because he forgave us. Mm-hmm. Our sins are forgiven. 
And I love this next part with with verse 14, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Mm-hmm. And my version says, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it oh, to I the like cross. That. Yeah. So a tradition of the cross is when a criminal was put on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, I always remember this when I was in, in church. It'd be like, Inri, what does Inri mean? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but that was, that was the condemnation. They would nail why this person was on the cross. Mm-hmm. And what was it? Did that say represent King, King of the Jews or something? Like I always that? thought it said King of the Jews. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in, yeah. So that hung over that hung over Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Right. That was his thing. So that's when Paul's saying it was canceled um, and nailed to the cross. That's what he's talking talking about. All our sin was taken and put there. And he talks about our, um, the, our the charge against us as if we're in in court is um, our the charge is. Our legal indebtedness, we owed because we sin, we owe God. And um, so Christ, now that we're alive in Christ, our charge is canceled. Mm-hmm. We're clear. Our, our we don't debt. have to right. go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> so if somebody, and that's a whole legal thing that ties into right. that, because if you are in jail, then you have to pay a fine to get out. Somebody has to bail you out or, you know, whatever it is, or you have to stand in front of the courts. Um, But then even when you do that, there are fees and fines that go along with that. So that is like, all of that is done. Mm -hmm. And this is, um, I don't, I don't know that that's, this is exactly how it was in biblical times, but now like, even if your case has been dismissed or whatever, you still owe the court money Mm -hmm. to cover your fees and your fines and the Mm -hmm. judge's time and the power and, you know, all of those things that have to be covered. And those um, you are legally indebted to pay back, um, even if you are found not guilty or your case is dismissed or whatever. So Paul is saying here, like, all of it's gone. All of it's gone. It's the ultimate get out of jail free card. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We've got board games on the mind today, I think. <laughs> I think we do. <laughs> this is the last day, a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we go, I mean, Paula said, you're done. It's wiped yeah, free. It's wiped Here's your get out of jail free card. Mm-hmm. Pass go. Live yeah. your life. Live your life. Mm-hmm. Go out there and live it. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's it. And then uh, he follows up with saying, and having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. And he and his being Jesus here. Right. That context is Jesus. So no more excuse that the devil made me do it. <laughs> right? Because mm. Jesus disarmed the devil and all of the authorities, principalities, powers that might have been at work against us, kind of pushing us, shoving us into behavior that might not be pleasing to God. He has taken, he stripped them of that authority and of that power now. So we don't have any excuse. So they had that authority over us before we before came to Christ. Before we came to they Christ, had that authority. they had mm-hmm. the legal authority to um, pressure us. Right. Um, and I think that that's, I always like that kind of visual, um, that when a, if I have a natural inclination toward a certain sin, mm-hmm. um, then that natural inclination, if I don't have Jesus, can be, 
um, pressure can be exerted against that to lead me down a certain path and into certain behavior by those principalities and powers out there. Without Jesus, they have full authority to exert all the pressure they want over me. So when we talk about that behavior, something like anxiety, fear, that's Mm -hmm. not a part of Jesus. No. That is not a part. But they would have the authority Mm -hmm. to create that anxiety, create those things. Mm -hmm. Well, we have that scripture that says God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so now if there's any pressure on me to create anxiety... I put that scripture in my mouth and I say, well, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I, God has given me the ability to not have that. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to resist that. I'm not going to just take it and say, oh, I'm really anxious. So a part of that when we're battling is first we need to know where our position is. You mm-hmm. need to know that on a battlefield period. You need to know who the enemy is. You need to yeah. know what's going on. And that's what Paul's talking about here. What is your position? Mm-hmm. And then your weapons are scripture because you're yeah. positioned in Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ is in you. You are no longer under the authority, the commander, that sergeant right. or whatever. You're no longer under their authority. You, you may think you are yeah. because you feel anxious, but that's not truth. Mm-hmm. Truth is the scripture. And when you start saying that truth out loud and you start battling in that way mm-hmm. and you start getting other people who are in your same company, um, like I'm really getting into all the battle mm-hmm. things, but anyway, yeah. well, they can fight with you, yeah. but they fight with you. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how this looks practically mm-hmm. is when you're struggling with something, find that piece of scripture, knowing full well where you are truly positioned. And it's not under the authority of fear. This um, sometimes is taken out of context as well, because it's like, well, my authority is under God, and therefore, I don't have to follow the authority of the people on earth. Oh, Oh, not not true. Not true. That is... Yeah, that that's an is, interesting. You're right. That is out there, I think. It is. I mean, I've heard, I read a story in the news not very long ago that was like, I don't have to be under your authority. You are not my authority figure. And it's like, okay, so God has given us this authority mm-hmm. and God is the ultimate authority, but we also live in the world mm-hmm. and we live on earth. And that means that there are authorities that have been placed over us to help, um, create order, Mm -hmm. to help stave off chaos, and to... um, For our civil society. Yes. That God has positioned. That God has put put in place, place. and we are under their authority as well. Yeah. Unless they're telling us to do something against, directly against what God would have us do. Mm -hmm. Right. Other than that, yeah. Yeah. But there, and there are consequences to Mm -hmm. our actions on earth. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are earthly consequences to our earthly actions, just like there are spiritual consequences to our spiritual spiritual actions actions. as well. So another thing for a podcast that doesn't talk about politics, (laughs) we're going to talk about (laughs) politics again, and just say it doesn't matter who wins because God is ultimately the one in charge. So I'm like, you know, it doesn't matter to me who wins. And and I look, I go, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how this is going to be. But because it's like I rest in the authority of God that I don't need to be worried about who's in the authority here. And and I do need to have that discernment that Terry was talking about. But yeah, it takes a lot of pressure off, I think. Mm-hmm. And when people don't have that ability to rest in God and who he is, then I think we get really worried. You know? yeah. But there's also a balance between that, um, ah, God's, whoop, 
sorry. There's also that balance between God's got it. I'm not going to worry about anything. And, um, you know, saying God's going to provide. I mean, I know people who are not willing to go to work. They, you know, or they had a job and then they were laid off and whatever. And somebody said, well, are you going to get it? No, God's going to provide. provide, Yeah. Yeah. Well, just giving you another job. Right. (laughs) Right. And so there is that balance between like... God's got it. I'm not going to worry about it. And then like, I know that God has this authority and that God's got it, but I am called to do something as well. Right. So, so I was talking with a friend named Lisa and she was telling me about, there's a Royal solution. We're daughters of the King. Oh yeah. And she was talking about a book. I cannot remember it. I'll try and get that from her. And it, it was the, a person looking in the gutter, they they needed money to make it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they they were looking in the gutter for coins or for any tiny thing. And what went through their thought was, you're royal. You're my child. There's a royal path to do this. There's a royal way to do this. Mm-hmm. Look up. Look up mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And then as this person did this, God did all these wonderful things with them. But the point was that person had to take that action. Mm-hmm. You can be looking in the gutters. You can make it super hard. You can be filled with all this stuff. And all of us have been there. Trust me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way trust me. <laughs> but there's another option, and that's that you're the daughter of a king. Mm-hmm. Look up, look to him, and then keep moving and walking and look around you for that job or for whatever is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't have to be scraping in the gutters. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily The word says that way. God provides a path, right? He right. lays a path for us. Well, that means movement. Right. I mean, what would we need a path for if we could just sit home and God would just shower us with everything we needed? We have to step out in faith and onto that path um, for him to, you know, there's got to be some forward motion. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's a, but there are people out there who just think, you know, I'm just going to trust him. Well, yes, I am going to trust him, but at the same time, I'm going to maybe put my name out on Indeed and look at, you know, different job opportunities and maybe go interview and do whatever I need to do to put myself out there Mm -hmm. for him to make that provision. Yeah, we kind of digressed there, but I just Uh, wanted to make sure that we were very clear that like God has forgiven us um, from these sins and, you know, Mm -hmm. we are not condemned because we are no longer indebted, you know, all of these things. And we fully trust God, but at the same time, we trust God to provide that way and show us those actions. And I actually um, was reading in my commentary in my Bible Mm -hmm. and um, talking about the powers and authorities. And we've talked a lot about the spiritual powers and authorities, Mm -hmm. but um, some people believe that this also refers, especially in Paul's circumstance and his indebtedness, he's in prison. Right, right. So there are legal authorities and earthly authorities that are um, exerting their power over him right Mm -hmm. now. So this is doubly powerful coming from him because he has that perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. And the other part with that is he's in prison. So now he can't go traveling to all these churches. Mm -hmm. Boom. We get the letters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that God will work out. He will have his work done. He He will. turn. All right. things to good. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. being in prison is good, but God can turn that by mm-hmm. those letters to right. something good. Right. Yeah. He's not sitting around going, woe is me, I'm in mm-hmm. prison, but yeah. God, I trust you. He's going, okay, God, you have a work for me. Show yeah, me what show that me what work that is. is. I trust you, mm-hmm. and here we go. Right. Don't you love it too? 
that he's satisfied with whatever that work is that God mm-hmm. gives him. So he's sitting there in prison and he's he's just writing letters, and yet he's satisfied. He's not out there on the road. He's not out there talking to great big giant crowds right now, but he's content that this is what God has for him to do at this point in time. And, and he that. he knows that the triumph is at the cross. Yeah, and that that's. That's where it all is. That it's not him, it's Jesus. The triumph is at the cross. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And he's working it out. He knows where he's positioned. Mm -hmm. He knows he's not, he's under the the legal authorities, but he is not under the powers and principalities. Any spiritual authorities other than the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And he talks about how being in prison um, has, has done, it worked out pretty good. He was able to talk to these people and to bring these, you know, people to, and the whole royal, um, you know, the whole royal castle or whatever, uh, heard about Christ. And so now he's he's still, but we talked about um, the things that he'd suffer and how his body was beaten down oh, yeah. and all that. Yeah. So this might be like people who can't slow down. Right. God sometimes forces them to rest. <laughs> yeah. So I think Paul might be yeah. in a forced rest mm-hmm. um, and to our benefit and to the churches, because now we have these Pauline letters yeah. that he was forced to sit down and write. This probably feels like a party compared to what he went through. A big house party. I don't think he particularly cares for inactivity, but he sure made good use of it. Yeah. And I'm glad because I have this. And we can too. That's the piece. When we're in these places where we feel like we're in house arrest or we're in prison, look up to God. He's got a plan for us. We don't need to be in the gutter. We don't need to be looking for scraps. We look to him. We know where we're positioned, and we know how we can walk, and then walk. And walk. How's that for a call for action for the day? Great call for action. Yeah. Would somebody like to outwardly express our (laughs) love, adoration, and... um, Petitions to Christ. Oh, you mean prayed out? (laughs) (laughs) I think I would love to do that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Father, we worship you and we praise you. We give you honor and glory. Father, you alone are worthy of our worship. Father, we're so grateful that you sent Jesus for us, that while we were still dead in our sins, that you loved us so much that your son came and sacrificed himself for us. I thank you for that precious blood that has washed us from all sin and made us right with you. Father, help us to be thankful for everything. You know, it's been interesting as we've um, been reading these letters. Yeah, Paul is sitting in prison, and, and, and even though that might be a forced rest for him, like Terry said, um, he's had a lot. He has suffered a mm. lot, and yet you have sustained him and kept him um, and provided for him at every turn. So, Father, help us as we look to you to remember that you're a God who can do everything, who can do anything. There's nothing that's impossible for you. Father, help us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Help us to remember that he has already done the really tough work of dying on the cross and saving us from our sins, Um, that we can rest in him. Um, Father, help us just to keep our faith built up by staying in communion with you, by praying with you, by talking to you every day, um, by living our lives with you. Father, thank you that you have delivered us, given us freedom from those principalities and powers of darkness that um, work against us. Thank you, Father, that we have freedom in Jesus. 
um, and that he can do all things, that we can do all things through him because we're in him. So Lord, thank you for this time. Bless each and every person, Father, that's listening. Um, Reveal yourself to them in a greater way. Today, I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 And cut. <laughs> 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 <laughs>